We already got a lot of good stuff already, haven't we? That's great. So I got. Let me tell you three things. Help me, okay? Number one, um, this is something the Lord was showing me. There's a scripture that says, "Serve the because you didn't serve the Lord with gladness." Uh, it's in Deuteronomy, I think. Um, a lot of times uh, we find ourselves complaining and feeling like it's an inconvenience. Uh, anybody else guilty of that? Of when God calls us to do things and asks us to do things. And I believe the Lord wants us to, to repent from that. You know, is not, not see serving God as an inconvenience in your life. And it is inconvenient. Okay, God is not a convenient God. God comes at inconvenient times and He asks us to do inconvenient things. Uh, but I believe the Lord really was just showing us this morning, you know, that... You know, we start complaining about things and having to do this or having to do that. Really, it's a privilege to serve the Lord. Because really, we're not just serving as, as slaves. We're serving as sons in the Father's house. And He's made a place for us. So I really want to really encourage you, if that's you today, if you have that thing in your heart where when it's not convenient, you want to complain and, you know, you have this critical thing, you just repent and ask the Lord to forgive you. Amen? There you go. The next thing is, help me, Lamentations. Alrighty, this is good. So don't get depressed, because if you read Lamentation, it can be kind of bad. But the Lamentation is if you, um, at the first year, the Lord gave Becky Lamentations, told her, this is a year of Lamentations. And I'm like, oh. And then when Bob Jones put out his Shepherd Rod, he also added 1999's Lam- uh, Shepherd's Rod in, because he felt like, I guess he felt that was a seed in 99 that's starting to come to pass this year. And this year, he had Lamentations as a, as a word for us. You, you need to get a shepherd's rod if you don't have it and read it. It's really good. But, um, you know, for, for us, lamentations means a trying, a trial. And that's really what we've been facing is a trying, trial, trying time in our lives. And I think we, we all have. Our nation is going through a great trial right now. And so it's, uh, the, the important thing is, is behaving yourself through the trial, is walking through it. And that's what lamentations is really about it. Uh, it really gets good about verse 20, chapter 3. Uh, if, so if you can just read it, uh, really it's just three chapters. I encourage you to read it. Uh, but the Lord gave us that uh, a long time ago, 20, over you know, 26, 27 years ago, at one of the worst points, probably the lowest points in our entire Christian life. But out of that came a lot of good, good stuff in our life. So read Lamentations and ask the Lord to speak to you. The other thing is about the children. And one of the things that I really believe, and I forgot to say it, but these children that we're seeing today, they have a destiny on them, these younger children that are it's, it's powerful, okay? I mean, it's really powerful. A destiny that they're going to walk in stuff that we're dreaming about walking in, okay? I'm, I, I really believe that. I believe they are going to walk in what we want so bad and that we have a, a little inkling of here and there. So I really want to challenge the parents in this room and the grandparents about your children. And I, uh, I feel like it's important that we, real, that we understand that those kids have been given, we're stewards of those, over those, those kids. And that what we've got to do is we've got to raise these kids in Christ. We've got to raise them up into what the Lord has. And we can't raise them up into what we have. We've got to see a greater vision because there's a greater day coming. Okay, and I really believe that generation will probably be the, the one that really walks in this thing in a, more, in a much more fuller way. In other words, our, 
Our ceiling, in other words, as high as we've gone in the Spirit, has to be their floor. So a lot of it depends on us. Okay, God is steward, and we've got to go up higher. And so I want to say that just in case I forget to say it in my message. Okay, everybody good? Yeah. Lamentations, that's a good way to start, right? All right, I wanted to read, and I'm going to sort of give you my little version of, of Revelations through chapter 6. The quick version, okay? This is my perspective, and I think it's also what I'm trying to say to you. This, I want us to try to get a view of where we are in God's spiritual timetable, okay? Out of the book of Revelations, and just a couple important things. And I want to start at Revelations 3.20 and just read that to you. Hey, how y'all have these shirts? These are nice, aren't they? Anybody like baseball shirts? I love baseball shirts. Anyways, behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's the Lord. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. So I want you to get this. If anyone hears my voice, not the knock. He didn't say if anyone hears the knock. In other words, God is interested in us hearing his voice. A knock is an action, okay? And a lot of people can notice an action, a lot, you know, but God's looking for something greater and deeper in us. And that greater and deeper thing is to hear the voice of the Father. And so right now, the Lord is really trying to teach us to hear His voice. And it's important for us to come to a place right now where there's a, there's a time where God wants us to cultivate hearing His voice on a personal level instead of just hearing His actions, you know, and, you know, the, the Bible, there's a scripture in the Old Testament where it talks about uh, Moses uh, knowing his heart, but the children of Israel just saw his acts. Okay? That's all, you know, they saw what was happening outwards in, in, the, in the commotion around it, but they didn't know the heart of the Lord. And this is what this speaks of when God began to speak, release his voice to us. And most prophets, not prophetic people, but prophets in our nation are saying right now is a time where God is calling the bride of Christ into intimacy like never before. And it's being said all over that it's a time for intimacy with the Lord. It's a time for us to get close to the Lord and hear the Lord and commune. And that's what he's talking about. So, so I believe we, at least we're right here right now, Revelations 3.20, as a minimum. This is where we are on God's timetable. It's a time for every one of us to get to know the Lord and hear His voice and have this fellowship with Him. But it doesn't... The next thing that happens right after that is Revelations 4.1. And I read that. We're going to read that again. This is a favorite. After these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard, like the sound of a trumpet speaking to me, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after these things. So this is the next thing that we can, and I believe this has already begun also, is the revelation of the open heaven, where God begins, is beginning to reveal to, to people, not just the prophets. In fact, if some of the just everyday Christians, some of the things that they're seeing and hearing now in the spiritual realm was something that major prophets had heard ten years ago. In other words, ten years ago, the only major high-level prophets, not prophetic people, I'm talking prophets, they were getting this kind of stuff. Now... Everyday Christians, there are believers out there that are having profound experiences with the Lord who will never stand up in front of anybody and tell them. Okay, I've met some of these people. They are having visitations and things, and they're never going to declare anywhere publicly. Okay, but these things are starting to happen, and these are just everyday, like this one person, I mean, just an everyday country person sells seed for a living. 
as a, a, a seed and feed store. And they're having these profound experiences. We're never going to preach anything or teach anybody anything. But they, and it's, it's, it's really what God's doing. Uh, is he's, he's opening the heavens up to us. Heaven is open and he's re- starting to reveal it to us like never before. And, one, and so this is something we, God is asking us to cultivate right now. He's asking us to cultivate, to learn how to, to engage the open heaven, to, to learn how to live outside of this world, to learn how to be able to live from the spiritual realm, see into that realm, hear into that realm. It's really what's on the heart of the Lord for the church, okay, that we come into that. And, and begin to see that. And then and he says, uh, come up here and I'll show you what must take place after these things. And, of course, after these things was what, you know, was going on with the seven churches. You see, we're coming to a time uh, where the church, you know, the church age was a great age. But we're coming to the end of the church age. Let's be real. We're coming to the end of that. It's not that the church is going to end, but we're coming to an end where the church is the main thing in the, in the main revelations in, about the church and the church. There's a kingdom coming. There's a kingdom revelation coming. And I'm going to tell you, that's one of the things that God's trying to restore to the, to the, to the church, is a revelation of the kingdom of heaven. Okay? And this, you know, that's a whole other thing. But in the last four or five years, there's been more and more. And you know what? That's just little stuff leaking out of heaven right now on that. We haven't really seen... A big, you know, we haven't really seen any big downloads on it, but the little bit that's leaked out, it's like, wow. So, so this is where we are in this, in this thing that God's trying to do is bring us after these things. And the first thing that he sees, okay, verse 2, immediately I was in the Spirit, so that's where you see all this stuff is in the realm of the Spirit, and behold, a throne was standing in heaven and one sitting on the throne. So that's the thing that God wants to reveal to the church. That's the first thing. He wants to reveal the throne, his, his rulership, his kingdomship, his lordship. You know, God the king, the father. Okay, so you see, he, this, is, this thing is happening, sorry. <laughs> this thing is happening already. The, the revelation of the father, the revelation of the kingdom. These, you see, this is right here in the Bible. It's already beginning to happen to us. And so what we have to do is we have to realize this is what the Lord's doing in the earth. And so what we have to do is we have to embrace that and begin to pull on it and begin to cultivate that. Those are the things that we have to make important to us. That was the, the third thing we'll see in the throne. Uh, I'm giving you my one, two, three, four, five. Uh, and then the next thing that happens after, you know, there's some, he saw a bunch of other stuff. And that I tell you, man, we really, I think this right here, these scriptures here are packed with stuff for us. I mean, you know, the seven spirits of God, the seraphims, the cherubims, all that means something. All of it means something for us right now. And I believe we're going to get some revelation on all that. Okay, all of it. I think there's a pile of download coming on all that. And, um, but the next thing, you know, in, is in Revelation 5, is the introduction of the Lamb of God. Okay, that's the next thing that John sees. He Sees the Father, sees the Father's throne, all that was going on around it. And the next thing he sees, he sees the Lamb. And what is the Lamb doing? The Lamb is taking and breaking open some seals. Okay? That's, that's who is going to begin the end time events. I mean, really accelerate it. He is going to take all these seals and he's going to break them open, right? There's like, what, seven seals or something like that? So that's what it talks about. It talks about the Lamb of God. So there's this revelation of the Lord as the Lamb, but He's beginning to break open end-time events that we're already starting to see 
inklings of, like somebody sent me an email, like these world leaders, we need to have a one-world currency. That's what world leaders are saying now. They're not just saying in the future, they're saying we need a one-world currency. So you see, we're moving towards that. All that is like the birth pangs that are being released, or like, you know, heaven's leaking, leaking information. God has leaked information into the world. He wrote it all down in the Bible, told us what was going to happen, told the devil what's going to happen, told everybody this is what's going to happen. He didn't hide any of it. Uh, but the devil can't figure it out. As, and we haven't figured it out yet. Okay, so he introduces the lamp. And then in, in Revelation 6, which is the fifth thing, the four horsemen of Revelation. Y'all remember the four horsemen? A lot of people think that's the revelation of the Lord there, but it's, I don't really believe that. I believe that is the revelation of the Antichrist. And guess who opens the seal to inter- introduce the Antichrist? Jesus. And, 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 and so the Antichrist is being, being withheld right now, right this moment. There's an Antichrist spitting the world, but I'm talking about the Antichrist. Jesus breaks the seal, and these four horsemen get released in the earth. Famine, war, terror. You know, these bad things begin to happen. So our future, in a natural sense, is, is going to be difficult. So what, one of the things that God's trying to do, I believe, in America, okay, I believe God is trying to walk us into something without dumping the whole thing on us at first. In other words, He's trying to teach us that we as Americans, we've had a great nation, we've had a, a government that has done great things, and, and there's provision here. He's trying to teach us, you, that's not going to be like this forever. You've got to learn how to tap into the Spirit, and if it's not for you, it's for your children. If it's not for your children, it's for your grandchildren. Okay? And so we've got to begin to think in terms like this. We've got to begin to think, oh, I really do need to tap into the spiritual realm. I need to be able to get my livelihood out of the, out of the spiritual realm. And, it, and, and, and so at least I can teach my, my children how to do that and my grandchildren so because they, they may be having to really live it much more than what we are. Are y'all following what I'm saying to you? So, uh, in this beauty realm, you know, I said that word last week, the most beautiful place in existence is here in Revelations 4. It's the throne room of God. It's, there's nothing more beautiful. There's nothing more profound. There's nothing more life-changing. And I believe God wants to reveal that to the Christians. I believe He wants to reveal it to the church. And I think it's part of what we need to do is begin to get our minds set that way to begin to receive those types of things. And so... I want to just shift a little bit and go back to the door. Are y'all following this? Because that's my great revelation on Revelation. After that, I don't know what in the heck is going on, man. It's a mess, you know. I know a few things at the end, you know, about the river and the heaven and all that and, you know, how you overcome, you know, the Scripture here. But uh, I do want to talk about that door open to heaven and, and, and tell you something. There's doors opening in heaven right now for people. The key is... We, we've got to get a, a we've got to get a mindset to see them, and so I, I want to tell you one of the greatest doors that ever opened from heaven to earth was found in a manger. Okay, that was one of the greatest doors that was ever opened, and nobody, hardly nobody, except those who it was revealed to, saw it. Only a few shepherds. And if you, you know what, some wise men, they call them wise men from these, they are the ones who knew something had happened, that there had been a shift, there had been something that happened. And so here's what I'm seeing, okay, is um, I've had a lot of dreams about connecting into the spiritual realm, going into the heavenly places, going into, you know, finding these rooms where there were openings. 
Here's the thing. I want you to get this. Every one of those dreams had one thing in common. Every one of them. This is what it was. None of those places where I found that place, that connection in the spiritual room, none of them, they were all crummy places. They were all places in the natural eye that I would not be attracted to. They were never in a meeting. They were never in worship. They were never, you know, in a conference. They were never around great people who seemed to be having things. It was always something that seemed... In fact, some of the places I would never go in the natural. Okay? Every one of them I had in the dream. If I wanted, if I wanted to go in there, into the, in, the, in the dream I had discernment. In the dream I had wisdom. I knew I had to go there to get into there. I knew that was, I had to walk down this, this, this trashy place, this crummy place, this humble place to get into the spiritual realm. And so in the dream I did it. Okay? So, so but what I'm telling you is that's how God comes to us. That's how, how the open door in heaven is going to be re- revealed to you and I. It's not going to be revealed in some glorious thing. All the dreams and vision and stuff is preparation to get us to, to experience the real thing, to actually find that place and go into it. Are y'all following this? Um, let me just give you a scripture. Um, this is Mark fifteen twenty one. So it's this is you know um, I was actually thinking about Easter here recently because it's in a few weeks, and, you know, you have to have Easter messages and all that, and uh, all that stuff drives me crazy, because it's always hard for me to get a message about a subject, you know? It just don't seem to work that way for me. I just like to go with the flow, or whatever the flow is, and, you know, sometimes God's flowing about uh, something else when it's Easter or Christmas, so I've never really been real good at that. But so I thought, well, I'm just going to read through all the gospel accounts of the Lord being crucified and, and resurrected and all that. And so here's my Easter message. I'm giving it to you today. You're getting it early. This scripture stood out to me in a big way. Uh, Mark 15:21. It says, They pressed into service a passerby coming from the country, Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. Now, I want you to think about it for a minute. Here's a man who, remember the, the, the passion of Christ when it showed Jesus headed, you know, carrying his wooden, physical wooden cross and stumbling and falling and remember all that. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty traumatic scene of him. And so you, this cross, if you think about it, Jesus was beaten senseless. I mean, so this cross had blood all over it. This cross actually had his perspiration all over it. It had parts of his flesh all over it. Okay, now, so here's this man, shows up, doesn't really know what's going on, and, and the Roman soldiers realizing that Jesus was just too beat to go any further, had no more strength, and grabs this guy and, and, and makes him pick up this cross that was covered in blood and flesh and sweat. But the thing about the blood and flesh and sweat, it was the blood and flesh and sweat of God. So can you imagine how that impacted that man? I mean, there had to be a, a, a tremendous impact in his life to actually physically touch the blood of Christ, to actually physically touch the flesh of God, the sweat of God on him. I mean, can you just imagine what was going on? He was, he was probably spinning out of control. But here's what it was. This, was. this was this man's, it was his doorway into the spirit realm. It didn't look like a doorway. 
But it was his doorway, it was his opportunity in his life that set his destiny for the rest of his life. So what I'm telling you this morning, your destiny and my destiny is going to come to us just like that. It's going to come in a way that doesn't appear wonderful. It is not going to appear spiritual, spiritual at all. And we, what we have to do is we have to ask God, Lord, we need to be able to know when that moment comes, when all this stuff's going on around us and something, and, and there's our destiny hit over here in this, this guy who's a criminal. That's what he knew Jesus as. This, this guy's just another criminal they're killing. Okay? That's all he knew. He didn't know what we know. He don't have the Bible to read about it like we do. He knew nothing. But yet that was the very thing that was going to change, radically change his life forever. So what I'm telling you today is we, God wants to give you and I that opening into the spiritual realm. He really does want to get, but the way it comes is the thing that what we've got to bear to, we've got to, bear to catch. Or we're going to miss it without the Lord's help. I mean, I'm thanking the Lord for the dreams. At least I'm knowing well, it's going to be, it ain't going to be funny. But... This, this is the thing that can profoundly affect your life, okay, and profoundly affect the life of your family. That's why I was bringing up the kids a while ago, because I think the children are really on God's heart right now, in a big way. And I think God is saying, you need to pay attention to the children. You really do need to pay attention to them, because I really believe they really are going to be that generation. You know, and, and I shared a little bit of that with you last week. I wanted to... Read that scripture one more time. In fact, I wanted to see. I just feel like this is so important right now. I hope you do, but if you don't, I'm okay. I just feel like it's important by myself, you know. But I think this this scripture. I'm going to let me read it to you. It's Psalm 90. I read it to you last week. Let your work appear to your servants. Okay, that's John 5:19 and 20. By the way, in the New Testament, Jesus only did what he saw the Father do. Okay, and your beauty to our children. Okay, now this is important for your kids, and my, my grandkids, and my, even my grown kids now. It's important that what we just read in Revelations 4, that little bit, that open heaven and what's in it, it's important that Moses was praying, Lord, let your beauty appear on them. Okay? That's what they need more than anything else. They need the beauty realm. They need that heavenly realm to come. And, and Moses was praying into the future. Way into the future. And we're praying into the future in a sense. We're asking for the revelation of the beauty of the Lord, but I believe we have to ask like Moses for our children. Lord, let them, they've got to see it. They're going to need it. They're going to need it when those four horsemen get released. They're going to have to know what the beauty of God's all about. They're going to have to know what the heavenly realm's all about. They can't just know something they read or heard. They've got to experience it. And then it says, let, your favor, let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us. Well, everybody, everybody's good with that, right? Let your favor be upon us. And confirm for us the work of our hands. Yes, confirm the work of our hands. God wants to do that for us. We need God to do that. We need God to fulfill these scriptures right here with us. It's, these are really important. Anybody need some success in their career, in their job, in their ability? It's right here. Moses was praying it. But you can't just say that. You can't leave out the part about the kids. And so we've got to get over all this stuff that we've gotten into in the church where we have poo-pooed that, all that world and we've not pursued that world. Because if it's not for you, it's going to be for that next generation. But there has to be somebody... Mo, let me just tell you this. Moses mentored 
Joshua taught him about the spiritual realm. Because it says Joshua would always hang around the tent of tabernacle even after Moses left. And got in that presence of God. And Joshua did great things. But you know what Joshua didn't do? Because you know what the next book in the Bible is? Judges. You know what it says? When Joshua and Caleb and all the elders died, nobody knew the Lord. Joshua didn't pass along. So what happened to Israel? There was chaos that happened. Everybody was doing what was right in their own eyes because they didn't care about it. See, somebody cared for, for, for Joshua. Somebody cared that he would experience God. Moses cared. He cared. But Joshua, somehow, that was a fault in his life. He missed something that was critical. And the whole nation was raped. People were raped and pillaged and plundered because a man who got something from God. He got something from God. God gave him something. Moses passed something to him. But he didn't pass it on. And it destroyed a nation. And that's what's happening with our nation. If we would see what is happening to our nation is we haven't passed stuff along. My generation didn't pass it along the way they should have, the way they could have. It's because, you know, we had a generation of men and women that walked in great miraculous power. And they were shut down and they never passed it along. And people have got to go back. Let's go unstop the wheels. Let's go dig for this stuff. And God is saying, I'm looking for some people who will care about this thing and go after this thing, not just for themselves, but have an idea and a concept in their mind. There's another generation coming. And that generation may really need it just to get through the day and keep from, and keep from starving to death. And I really believe that with all my heart. I don't know why God has put that thing on my heart so bad. But I believe it. And that really gives me a lot of motivation. I think I've said all that before. But anyways, are y'all good? God really has something He wants to do in the world. He really does. But we're not going to accomplish it doing what we've always done. We really have to, we really have to come into this thing. And, and I know there's been a shift, okay? I know there's been a shift in the spirit realm. I don't know how widespread it is, but I know there's been a shift. And the shift is this. The shift is, well, I'll tell you how, let me just describe it the way it is for me, how I feel the shift. The shift is, is I really have enjoyed the last few years of my spiritual life. It has been like a kid in the candy store with my daddy's credit card. And I have been very fascinated with that world and enthusiastic about that world. Okay, and I think God appreciates that. I think God loves that. Okay, He really does. But this this is what also God appreciates. It's it's not just for for enthusiasm and being fascinated with. It's not just for that. I want you to be enthusiastic. I want you to be fascinated. I want you to be excited. But there comes a time when you got to realize this is for, for to help people. This is not just for you to have a good time with. I want to help people. I want to help nations. See, that's what's in God's heart. So he, he, we had to get, we had to go through the shift with them. You know, personally and corporately, well, we had a great time. Well, that was good, and God was happy. Keep on being enthusiastic. Keep on having a great time. Don't get sad about it and heavy about it. Enjoy it. Always enjoy it, because God wants us to enjoy and be joyful people. But He's saying, I want to do some stuff too. I want to help people. And I think that's really where, where I feel God, I feel a major shift on that, personally speaking, is that 
You know, freely you have received. Freely you have received. Over and over. Oh, Lord, this is so good. The angelic realm. The merit. You know, all this stuff. The open heaven. You can come into that. Great. <laughs> Keep enjoying it. It's just being a little child. But, you know, I'm hoping that Emma Lou, as much as I enjoy her little and hate to see her grow up, I really want her to grow up and be a responsible citizen. You know, I don't want her to stay like she is now forever. It would be sad, really, right? That's a sad thing when that happens. Are y'all okay? This is where God's calling us. All right, now, Romans 16, 13. So, here's what happens. This is good. All right, this is real good. This man, Simon, okay, he had this profound thing that happened to him that day. It opened up the spiritual realm. That was his doorway into his death. That was his doorway into the spirit. That was it. It was like that. It was a bloody, crummy, nasty situation. And as far as he knew, it was a criminal. But something happened to him. We don't know what happened to him. I was trying to find out, what happened to this dude, man? Something had to happen to him. Well, you know, this is what happened to him. Paul told us what happened to her. Romans 16, 13. All right, listen to this. Greet Rufus, a choice man in the Lord. A choice man in the Lord. Rufus. You know who Rufus was? His boy, his son, and also his mother, meaning his wife, and mine. Paul was saying about this man's wife, she's like a spiritual mother to me. And his son, Rufus, is a choice man. See, that's the heritage that God wants to release. For people who are willing to go here, for people who are willing to go for that thing, they say, Lord, that's mine. That open heaven's mine. I'm going to see the beauty realm. I'm going to see it on my kids. I'm going to see it on my grandkids. And then one day somebody's going to look up and say, look at Emma Lou, a choice woman in the Lord. I mean, you, if it's your grandchild, grandparents or parents, you would live for those words, especially from somebody coming like Paul. So there's something real in all this. There's something real God wants to give us in this. All this stuff is really real, and I want you to hear what I'm saying. I'm, at least hear my heart. You might not like the way I'm saying it. I'm, I really believe this from the bottom of my heart, and I believe this is an example where God showed us a, a way to come in and find those openings in the spirit realm. It's through humility. It's through getting low. Okay, because that's where we're going to find it at. We're going to find it when we humble ourselves and get low and be willing to go and, you know, and do what we would not, our mind would tell us not to, our, our mind would, have, would oppose. And so, anyways, thank you, Lord. Our children's destiny are tied up with our destiny. Isn't that wonderful? That's just great, isn't it? So, there you go. The spiritual realm is more real right now than it ever has been in my life. It's more easy to feel it, more easy to see it, more easy to hear it. Okay? It's called this, cultivate it. Pursue it. Cultivate it. If you'll cultivate it, it'll come, it'll, God will begin to unfold it. God's a good businessman. He'll invest in you more and more. He's already invested in all of us. If we'll pursue that thing, it'll increase in our lives. And it'll have great impact on our families children. Amen? Yeah. So, I'm done. done. I'm done. <laughs>